Welcome to St. Pat's Chat, a brand new podcast from the seminarians at St. Patrick's Seminary in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Some of the best and most honest discussions we've had about God and His Church were not in debates with rivals, but rather in chats with our friends. We hope that this podcast will be a chance for you to listen in on some of our conversations about God, His Church, and life as a seminarian. I will begin us with a prayer okay. as we begin all things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this day and for all that you have given us. Please direct our conversation, inspire us to speak the words that you wish for the people listening to hear and that need to be spoken in this conversation. Um, as always, we ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother, who brings all of our prayers and our petitions to Jesus, who perfects them, as we pray. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to St. Pat's Chat. My name is Patrick German. I am from the Diocese of Stockton, a pre-theology two student. I am joined today by uh, Brother Scott Whitaker from the Benedictine Monastery of Hawaii in Oahu. Oh, wonderful. And Scott, which year are you studying? Uh, pre-theology one. Wonderful. So just starting out? Just starting, yeah. baby. Yeah, but we got to start somewhere, yep. right? We grow That's right. over time, as if <laughs> I'm some grizzled veteran. <laughs> but yes, so today we are going to be talking about prayer. Um, and something that we hear a lot about, I feel like generally, as not just Catholics, but as Christians, um, but particularly here in seminary, there's a big focus on the life of prayer. I know sometimes it can seem like the focus is more on academics and doing well in classes, but the nice thing I've felt here at seminary is the faculty likes to stress the integration of the person, yes, specifically of the guy, um, and having a prayer life is a big part of that. Yeah. As a aspiring religious, mm-hmm. um, prayer is an integral part of your life especially. Mm-hmm. So um, could you speak a little bit more about that in your experience with prayer? Yeah. So for me, the journey began in a large way as a senior in college. And I was staying the afternoon at a friend's apartment and put on a random CD with John Michael Talbot. Mm. Uh, and it was about the apartment doing different things. And I heard a few words of the song that shocked me. And so I went back replayed it and listened to it intently and it was the poem the dark night by saint john of the cross put to music which i'd never heard before i had grown up lutheran and lutherans did not talk about god as a lover Mm. Uh, and i was shocked at first i thought this is blasphemy and then i started weeping and realized either this is true or nothing is true In the core of my being, I knew that God loved us and approached us as a lover. Uh, uh, Underneath and through everything. Uh, So that really started my journey of prayer. And I entered the Carmelites. I was a Carmelite for three years. Uh, Was very excited finally to learn how to pray. Uh, to be with the great masters of prayer, which are the Carmelites. 
and they didn't teach me how to pray. Oh. Uh, you know, I was put in a hermitage in the desert and just told to pray, given hours a day to pray without instruction. And I questioned that, you know, I have all this time. Aren't you going to teach me how to do it? And they said, no, you just, you just have to do it. Uh, Carmelite prayer is not a technique. It's a relationship. You have to get to know God. Um, so that began a very long experimentation process of how to be in relationship, how to be in intimate relationship with someone that you can't see and can't hear, and yet who we know, as St. Augustine says, is closer than we are to ourselves. So how to dive into that mystery of the proximity of God without the cues that we typically use. Mm. And speaking from my own experience mm -hmm. as a cradle Catholic brought yeah. up from a young age, a lot of we are taught a lot of things and that I'm very grateful for the foundation that I was given. Mm. But in my experience, maybe you can speak to this, Scott, maybe not, but it seems like a lot of that is the just doing it. You mm -hmm. do have to yes. just try some things and just mm -hmm. call out to the Lord. Yep. It is that relationship. Yep. Like with any relationship, you have to develop it. Exactly. And that starts by doing. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So with the with that in mind... Is there, just in the process of doing it, is there anything that you have learned and maybe would want to tell somebody who is saying, oh, I've tried prayer or sure. I've tried to do this and I've tried to do that, but yep. it doesn't seem like I'm making progress, yeah. big air quotes. Yeah, yeah. What would you say to that? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, so again, I think back to my time in the Hermitage and again, I was frustrated that I wasn't being given instruction or tools. And so I started learning centering prayer. You know, at least here was something concrete to hold on to, a technique. Uh, and I would say that was helpful. Um, but I would also say in the end, for me, it was not helpful because I came ultimately to understand what my novice master was saying that it's not a technique, it's a relationship, it's a person. And, you know, just as you and I are having a discussion now, uh, we don't, we didn't talk about a technique in order to enter into this conversation. Uh, we don't have a script. Um, we are trusting that when we come together as two human beings who want to share with one another, then relationship is going to happen. Uh, as long as there is goodwill and desire on the part of both parties. And, and the same with God. And so if you start, as I did, with an appreciation that God is approaching us, perhaps first and foremost, or maybe not first, but perhaps foremost as a lover, then we can trust, as St. John of the Cross says, that as much as you may desire God, you can know that God desires you even more. And so God is constantly in pursuit of us. So we don't have to run in pursuit of God. We can just sit down. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind is, 
in 2012, I took three days and just sat in one spot up in British Columbia. Uh, and uh, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But as I was sitting there for three days watching a glacier, mm. I realized, okay, God moves glacially slowly. Uh, and if I want to tune into God, I have to slow down. I have to sit in one spot for three days. Um, and as profound as that experience was, I've never done it again. Mm. And why? You know, why is it that we are in such constant motion that we can't sit still? Or nowadays, you know, I'm good if I do an hour of mm. sitting still. That's certainly not three days or 40 days as Jesus did. Mm. Yes. And I feel as though part of that, at least growing up when mm -hmm. I did, I had my reversion in college and mm -hmm. really started to feel that call. And I think mm -hmm. without that and n seeing my peers mm -hmm. struggle with prayer, yeah. um, I wouldn't be here where I am today. But mm -hmm. I feel with that, mm -hmm. the flip side of that is there can be a trap okay. in comparing in my experience, in comparing myself like, oh, well, this person feels extreme consolation yeah. in this setting of prayer yep. or has these amazing experiences that are maybe more uh, hedged towards emotive maybe. Sure. And that – it took me a while to discover mm. that as a relationship is different between people, yes. even if it's one – the same per mm. party, it can look different between the other party. And yeah. so it took me a while to discover and recognize, wow, my life of prayer is different from that person's. Yep. That doesn't make it less valuable, but it does make it different. Absolutely. So, yes, I I don't know if you would agree, but sometimes I know I can mm. fall into that trap of looking mm. for, Lord, I want to be on the mountaintop. I want right. to see you. I want to see Elijah. I want to see Moses exactly. every time. Mm. And that's not always the case. Mm. Rarely is that the case. Yeah, rarely, if ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think... It's just as a relationship, it's built in the little moments, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, so I guess something that I've mm. thought about often is, you know, Lord, I know I'm struggling right now, mm. or I, but I need to pray. Yeah. If I don't, I d notice something different. And I'm oh, sure yeah. you have as well. That's Even if sure. it doesn't seem like, oh, I have prayer has been very dry lately. Mm -hmm. If prayer isn't there, mm -hmm. it's very different from dryness. That's for sure. How would you describe that difference? How does that feel? Well, again, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm no expert by any means, mm -hmm. but I've described it before to people mm -hmm. as even my thought process is okay. different. Yep. If I, I try to pray my holy hour first thing in the morning, okay. I'm an early bird by nature. Okay. Uh, so that's easier for me. Yep. But at the same time, just making that effort to pray, even if it's not an entire hour, mm -hmm. um, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, sure. that does make the difference. Yep. Even if things aren't great the rest mm -hmm. of the day, if I hadn't prayed, mm -hmm. I would be, for example, much quicker to make a judgment about yeah. my brother or yeah. very quick to be impatient and mm -hmm. try to move on to something and think, I just need to get something done yep. instead of maybe struggling with something. Okay. It's not easier, but it puts things into perspective yep. if I had taken the time to seek it in the morning, mm, mm -hmm. to seek it in prayer, yep. and then approach the rest of the day with oh, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I'm finding too, compared with my previous grad school experience, because I worked for three years on a master's in counseling mm. a few years ago. And at, at that point, but I was also running a business, so I, mean, I had a lot going on. Uh, and it was really hard to take time to pray. I really didn't, except praying the rosary when I was commuting, I think. Um, but now I'm forcing myself to take that holy hour, and I can notice, as you notice, the profound difference in my interactions with other people, and not only in my interactions uh, externally, but internally, uh, how I relate internally to other people, how I look at people, how I appreciate them, um, and the peace that I feel in relation to others that certainly was not there in my previous grad school experience because you're so much in your head when you're studying. Um, and, and when you're in your head, you are automatically judging. That's what the mind does, is it judges. Um, and, and I don't mean necessarily in a negative sense, but what the mind judges is this or this, you know, between this and this. That discernment of spirits, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, this is this, this is not that. And then, of course, that judgment is extended to the more negative judgment that we speak of as well. Yes, you mentioned the mm. rosary. Is there any particular devotion mm. that you feel not necessarily, oh, I am guaranteed to have uh -huh. a great experience in <laughs> prayer when this happens, because, of course, right. there's nothing guaranteed <laughs> right. except for God's love for yeah. us and us approaching him. He calls us to that. But yeah. is there anything that you've found, oh, this is something that feeds mm -hmm. my spirit more? Okay. Well... And even as you asked that question, suddenly something clicked for me that in the time between leaving grad school, that was in 2017, uh, so about three years ago, uh, really for the, that three-year period, I was primarily only able to pray the rosary. And so as I'm talking with you now, because I've wondered why is that the case, because that's not my preferred prayer. Uh, my preferred prayer is Carmelite prayer of just sitting there with God. But I haven't been able to do that until recently. Uh, and I think, again, it goes back to being so much in the mind that I wasn't able to sit silently. Uh, so I had to have something to hold on to. Mm -hmm. And the rosary is such a, a wonderful prayer to cling to, to hold on to, uh, when things are falling apart, when you don't know how to pray, when you can't think or when you're thinking too much, it provides, you know, these mental stones to hold on to with your mind and with your hand. But now that my mind has calmed down again, I can go back to mental prayer, as the Carmelites describe it, and simply sitting in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament focusing my heart on his heart and what I term thinking with the heart. So moving out of my mind into my heart uh, and really using my heart um, as an organ of perception, as an organ of relationship. Because again, we typically use or often use our minds to relate to one another. And that's fine as far as it goes. 
but when you see Jesus as a sacred heart pointing to his heart, you never see images of Jesus pointing to his mind. <laughs> uh, and so there's something there. He's saying, look at the heart. Look at my heart. Look at your heart. Engage with me with your heart. And so to sit with the Blessed Sacrament, primarily with my heart as an organ of perception, leads to tremendous peace. And and yes, I would like to have profound revelations or profound experience, but I don't. I haven't had something like that in, I think, quite a while. But I'm just happy to be there with him. And that extends into the day. Uh, bringing up the Blessed Sacrament, mm. I wonder if this was the case mm. for you. This is I love vocation stories. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be something, at least mm. in my life and speaking with mm -hmm. other guys from my diocese, mm -hmm. prior to entering seminary, I had the opportunity in my work. Mm -hmm. I was a high school history teacher. Oh, but wow. I, yeah, but on Fridays, when I would get off of work, I would always try to make time because a church in our area had a 4.30 mm -hmm. daily mass. Okay. And they would always, following, have adoration mm -hmm. for an hour. And so going to daily mass, receiving... Mm -hmm. Christ in the Eucharist there, and then having a holy hour following that, mm -hmm. that did incredible things mm -hmm. uh, to my discernment, wow. um, to just my prayer life. I get no moments getting knocked off my horse like Paul, sure, but sure. Um, it just took on a new character yep. um, because of that time, because Jesus asks, can you spend an hour with me yes. saying, I'll do what I can, even if I'm distracted or thinking yep. about other things. Um, did that is that something mm. that figured into your discernment? Or? That is an awesome question. And as you're describing that experience for you, I'm thinking I just want to tell everyone listening, please listen to Patrick. This is so <laughs> important. Uh, and it doesn't matter what your vocation may be. Mm. Jesus will tell you who you are, just as he said to Peter. I call you Peter. He will tell you who you are and what he wants you to do. Um, so for me, yes, again, the Blessed Sacrament, but in a different way because I grew up Lutheran. Mm. Uh, and so I went to the community of Teze in 1992. And while there in this ecumenical community, our Lord gave me the greatest grace of my life, which was to perceive him in the Eucharist. Mm. And it came in a flash I knew instantaneously that he was in the, the blood uh, in a way that I'd never been taught before. And instantaneously, I knew that I was Catholic, even though I didn't know what Catholics believed. But I had some vague notion that they believed something crazy like that. <laughs> and so it was both this moment yeah, uh, of incredible communion and the whole world opening up to me that God was so close. And again, going back to John of the Cross, that initial experience with Catholicism, that, wow, is this really who God is? God wants to be that close to us. God wants union with us. Uh, and then here again at Teze, God is really that close to us. So, I mean, I'm so thankful for my Protestant upbringing, all my Protestant family and friends, but at this stage, I cannot imagine being Protestant. Uh, as one man said to me, it's such a lonely religion. 
Um, mm. In Catholicism, God is so close to us. And I know that, that Protestants experience profound closeness with God, and I did too. Uh, but the Eucharist, and when you're able to sit in the very physical, spiritual presence of God, you will inevitably be transformed and changed. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of, um, we have uh, Father Samuel Weber, who mm-hmm. teaches uh, Latin and a few other courses mm-hmm. here at the seminary, and he has he mentioned when I had his class last mm-hmm. year about um, the Pie Pelicane. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's mentioned that no, in uh-huh. your guys' class, because I know you have him right now. Yeah. Um, there's in mm-hmm. Catholic iconography, so like stained glass windows or like um, uh, images and things, there was this old image of Christ as mm-hmm. the um, Pie Pelicane, which is mm-hmm. Latin for the pelican, as Father Samuel translated, the pelican filled with family love. Because okay, a pelican, sure. um, if it can't find uh, food for its fledglings, mm-hmm. it tears at its breast mm-hmm. and opens it up. Wow. And the, pel- the fledglings feed on the blood of oh, the mother pelican. Wow. And so I don't know that we have it here in our chapel here, mm-hmm. but I've seen it at other parishes. They've mm-hmm. had a pelican either on the altar, mm-hmm. at the mensa there, the table, or somewhere else in the church. And that, for me, just like you say, with incredible. the blood, is an inc- yeah, it's an incredible image. The idea that Christ does give himself yeah. completely, of course, in his word and in sacred scripture and in how he speaks to us in prayer, but physically, mm-hmm. as Catholics, we can receive him bodily. Yes. And that, and as you say, it takes on a different character. Yeah. Um, there's some depth to that. Um, even with that, though, mm-hmm. I know quite a few Catholics, including some of my own uh, family, who sure. feel as though, wow, that's an incredible thing, but that feels so far from me. Okay. My sister and I talk often about okay. saints. Um, St. Therese, she often talks about how when she would mm-hmm. read the lives of the saints, they seemed like eagles and she just wanted to oh, be yeah. a sparrow, yep. um, being able to fly up a little bit at a time or to be mm-hmm. carried up, but they seemed so high high and above. Hmm. Is there a way in your mind or that comes to mind that maybe, well, we can start out mm-hmm. a little bit lower and it's not so high and sure. lofty as an eagle. How can we grow closer to God in prayer? Yeah. Again, Our Lady repeatedly says in her apparitions, pray the rosary every mm-hmm. day. Uh, and during that three-year period in which I felt like I wasn't able to pray, the rosary was all I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, to cling to. And so the rosary really did save me through a very difficult period. Uh, so start with what our, what our mother says, you know, listen to our mother. And the one thing she's insistent about is to pray the rosary. And anybody can do that. And, and it doesn't have to be this profound experience. You're just doing what your mother tells you to do mm-hmm. and trusting her. And that's the beautiful thing, mm. too, is even if there isn't somebody with us, mm-hmm. when we pray, we're not just praying. As Catholics, we that's believe true. in the communion of the saints. They're yeah. all praying with us. Mm-hmm. And But if possible, mm-hmm. get someone else, I would say, adding to, adding to that, if you can, someone to pray it with you. Or, mm-hmm. oh, if you can, come to Mass with me. Even if yeah. they're not Catholic necessarily, they might not receive yep. the Eucharist, but they can come with you. That's yep. that community being built. And <laughs> there's something awesome. powerful to that. Oh, there is, yeah. Yeah, and that's something I really appreciate going a little bit off to the side, mm-hmm. a little sidebar about seminary is mm. I've felt that even if I don't mm. feel dry in prayer okay. or I feel as if there's not, you know, something not quite right, 
I know I can look to my brothers or yeah. to the faculty and see their example. That is that's, true. That's been incredibly edifying yep. for me. I, don't I know feel if... that as well. Yeah, especially in the morning as I'm sitting there and people are coming into chapel, with each person that comes in, I feel an increase in joy mm. inside of me and a feeling of, wow, we are all in this together. We are working to fix our eyes upon our Lord. Mm. Uh, and that energy builds up among us. It's very powerful. Mm. Yes, and there's so much more that can be said about prayer, but mm. I think this is a good place mm -hmm. to end it for today. Mm -hmm. So, Scott, thank, you, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And thank you to everybody for listening. We hope that you have a wonderful and prayerful rest of your day. And Amen. let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to, and to the, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, to the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to St. Pat's Chat. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcast is produced and recorded by seminarians here at St. Patrick's Seminary and University in Menlo Park, California. You and your friends can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts can be found. If you want to know more about St. Patrick's Seminary or St. Pat's Chat, please check out our website, stpsu.edu. Until next time, remember that some of the most honest discussions about God and His Church are not found in debates with rivals, but rather in chats with friends.